on this week's episode, video games and entertainment collide. The end is near for some favorite shows. And will PlayStation pin its hopes on Horizon Forbidden West? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassroom from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there that's all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at Vampires and Vitae, plus we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook with games going on all the time, especially on the weekend, where Mitch does a great job, also our Monday show, The Demolition Force, and so much more, plus everything that we do at popculturecosmos.com and everything that we do here on social media, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we bring you the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can support any or all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my compadre in crime. <laughs> Good alliteration. A, I like it. Yes, there you go. So she is a fantastic person as far as to co-host the show. She is on every single week now as a regular part of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But you got to catch her main gig as the mastermind. Sorry, with all apologies to her husband, Robbie Ross. The evil mastermind of Vampires and Vitae, which you got to catch today wherever you get your podcasts, and follow her on social media. It is my good friend, Mrs. Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back. Great to be as back. As always, here on the program. Yes. So this past Sunday for the live stream for Vampires and Vitae, we had a lot of fun. And the story. I'm trying to get my fangs going. Very good. Or something. I don't know. But hard um, to recreate that with fingers. It is. It's, yeah. it's very difficult. Though, I have but... to buy like a, those plastic teeth. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Do it. Do it. I support it. It's awful though. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. You need to like dip them in some mouthwash and then pop them in. Uh, I, forgot I don't know if that would work. I was just. But my apologies. my apologies. Yeah, yeah, of course. The story this past Sunday managed to take a, a pretty big jump ahead. We got a lot of answers to a lot of the questions that we've had since the very beginning. So if you missed the stream last Sunday, the podcast version of that is all ready to go Friday morning. It drops at like six o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So everybody on the East Coast has it in time to go to work. Funny, our show drops right around that same time. So hopefully oh you can catch goodness. 
V and V first, and then the PCC Multiverse to set up your weekend right with tabletop RPG action. Yeah. And, of course, the latest news and trends of pop culture. Huge. Almost like we planned it like that. Almost. Either that or both doing like all nighters at our respective well, offices. Like, oh, edit, edit, <laughs> edit. But yes. you wanted to tell me before we continue with the show about some latest things going on with Vampire the Masquerade. So while we're on this vampire <laughs> type thing, go right. ahead and let me know the update on yes. Vampire the Masquerade. So Paradox Interactive, they're the company that owns Vampire the Masquerade, World of Darkness, all of that stuff. They have announced a multi-game partnership with digital entertainment company called Explored. So here's what I know so far in, in some of the digging around that I've done. It's going to be called Vampire the Masquerade Milan Uprising. And it's going to include a lot of tech to enhance remote play. So if you are not comfortable yet coming back to a table with all of your friends, it looks like Vampire the Masquerade is going to try to make the remote play experience a little more interesting for you. But also you've got to remember with all of these people all over the world who have joined all of these different games with people, they've become friends. Like us. Right. So what, you know, you, you want to keep those games going, but some things feel very limited and, and not quite connected and like funny, weird things. So Vampire the Masquerade, along with this Explore company, are trying to find a way to work around that a little bit. What I find a little bit unclear is that it's not like spelled out in black and white if they're talking about another tabletop RPG, like another book for Vampire the Masquerade, or if it's going to be a board game, which would also be kind of neat and interesting addition to the world of darkness there. But it's technology called Taburu. It uses electronic sensors okay. that pick up where things are being moved around. So if it's a, like, you know, like the mats that they have, the grids for Dungeons and Dragons, if they're going to try to start incorporating that kind of thing into Vampire, it's going to come with things that have little electronic sensors in them. And as you move them around the board, you're going to see movements happening in real time, which I think is, is pretty cool. So I will keep an ear on this. And as more clear information comes out, I will absolutely let you know. But that's some pretty cool news out of Vampire the Masquerade, out of the Paradox Entertainment camp. Absolutely. So where can people go to follow you on that outside of the pop culture cosmos? You can always check out Vampires and Vitae on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> Apologies for the terrible TikTok videos. I'm not good at it yet, but I'm trying. So uh, yeah, absolutely. We're more than welcome to join the family. There you go, indeed. Yeah. But please go help and support a great cause in Vampires and Vitae today, wherever you get your podcasts. But we got a great show lined up for us. We got a lot of things to talk about. So far, these past few weeks, you and I have had nothing but loaded shows. And oh. this is no less loaded because I'm telling you what, a lot of stuff happened, especially on Tuesday. Paramount had an information dump and a half. And we will yes. try to go ahead and weed through as much as we can coming up here in a bit because they are no longer Viacom CBS. We'll tell you the familiar name that Paramount Viacom and CBS is, it's not a stretch. So we'll go ahead and tell you about that, plus all the information that came from their latest information dump. That's coming up later in the show. Plus also as well, we're going to talk about Dog coming to the theaters, Space Force to Netflix, and Severance on Apple+. Plus. So we'll talk about that on the back end of the show. We'll also talk about Peacemaker, Episode 8, and my thoughts on Season 1 as a whole. 
It just got renewed for season two on the eve of the last episode dropping. What were the cameos that were also in place? We'll have some spoilerish thoughts on that coming up on the back end of the show. Plus also as well, Cyberpunk 2077 had a next-gen update that they dropped day and date with what they announced it as. So we'll talk about if this is not only going to do well for PS5 and Xbox Series S and X, but will this kind of save or help the tarnish reputation for the studio and Cyberpunk 2077? We'll debate whether or not this is really going to help that coming up later in the program as well. The PlayStation gets an exclusive after all this talk about exclusives with the acquisitions and whatnot. The PlayStation gets its own first-party game coming to consoles, the PS4 and the PS5, in Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to a great first initial game in the series. We'll be talking about the hopes that PlayStation and gamers have for this title coming up here in a bit. There's also shows, very favorite shows, very famous shows, very critically lauded shows that have announced their end all of them today there are three in particular so we'll talk about that coming up on the show as well but first melinda i do want to mention that in the past few days i've heard a lot in fact this year i've heard a lot about the video game industry expanding and broadening its reach into the world of television into the world of film This was something for a long time that the video game industry was the persona non grata in the entertainment industry because anytime somebody tried to go ahead and get a video game property for whatever it is they were working on, it turned out like just it turned out like crap. Right. For lack of a better word. Right. And these days there's so much of a renewed interest in grabbing all these IPs. We see an example of it this week with Uncharted, the Uncharted movie. One of my favorite all-time properties. In fact, I've got my Nathan Drake standee sitting right (laughs) here off screen. I've got my Nathan Drake pop sitting right here off screen. I'm very concerned as we go into this weekend. Will it make money? It's going to be riding off the momentum of Tom Holland and Spider-Man No Way Home. I get that. Yeah. So at least it's going to get one good weekend of money. The future, long term, I'm not so sure because the reviews have come in and they've come in pretty bad. Oof. It's sitting at below, I think, a 40 to 45 on Metacritic Oof. right now, right. 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is something that I think a lot of people were very disappointed in as far as from a critical standpoint. I think for a general audience, they're going to receive it a lot better than individuals out there such as myself. I'm going to see it regardless because I owe it to Naughty Dog to go ahead and support their franchise. <laughs> right. But I have a feeling from what I've heard and from what I've seen on the reviews that if you're an Uncharted fan, you might be disappointed. Well, well, I mean, isn't that kind of how a lot of the stuff goes with adaptations, whether it's you're, you know, you're a big fan of a book or anything along those lines, and then they try to make it into a movie. It feels like those those really true, like core fans are always the ones that are left a little bit disappointed. Well, I, this goes to back to when I first saw the trailer and first heard that this was going to be a done deal because this movie has been in development in some form or fashion for the past decade under different right. directors. Actually, right. Mark Wahlberg at one time, was going to play Nathan Drake. And to me, seeing him on the screen as Sully, the older sidekick, the mentor, per se, yeah, he plays a much better Nathan Drake than Tom Holland in this movie because oh. his presence, just 
Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake, from what I'm seeing, I'm not, I, again, from the get-go, from the trailer, I've always said it just doesn't work for me. Right. And I'm very concerned that it will not work for me. On th- In fact, I will go ahead and I'll review it and I'll have my thoughts on the Monday show on it. But I'm extremely concerned at this point. Will it make money? It should make money, at least in the first weekend. It's doing pretty good overseas. It's hitting number one in a lot of markets overseas. So I do wish it a tremendous amount of success. I'm not sure I'm going to like it. I'm sure if you or anyone else who has not played the Uncharted series, have you played the Uncharted series? I'd like not, not like you have. Definitely okay. Not like okay. You well, you, like anybody who's had, you might like it more as a popcorn flick than probably I will, who was looking more towards a by the book game series should be yeah. more reliant on the game series because this is a game series that was such a unique narrative. It brought such a, a unique perspective and people would sit down. Are you playing a movie? Are you watching a movie? People would always sit down and come sit next to me as I was playing and thought I was in the middle of a movie, an interactive <laughs> animated movie. And people right. have said that because just the way the narrative has been showcased and right. it's one of the most beautiful and narrative series that's ever been put on the video games. So I'm going to go ahead and check it out this weekend. So I'll have my thoughts in spoilers details on the Monday episode. But video games and entertainment, they're colliding because with the Halo series that's coming next month, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, after a successful initial run, that's coming next month. And then you have this weekend, for instance, on Netflix, The Cuphead Show. That series is coming this weekend and it's getting high marks and high reviews from all those who are seeing it. So I'm going to go ahead and try and see if I can check that out as well. That's based off the very excellent game that you got to go ahead and play as far as a platformer is concerned. Very difficult, but it has an old timey cartoonish look that I think was very unique for its time when it came out a few years ago. Now it just makes it even play as far as TV series even better. Right. And then you have the announcement, speaking of Netflix, that a Bioshock movie covering the Bioshock series that's now owned by 2K, that is now coming at some point in time to Netflix, which, right. you know, could be like next week, the way that they're churning out movies. But I'm True. kidding when I'm saying that. But at some point in time, they say it's already in, in development and they're going to talk about you know director and producer and stars here in the coming weeks and months. But right. This comes to my point as far as this, before we go ahead and hit the break, as far as my point that video games are no longer a persona non grata in the industry. And that even with the fact that we really don't have a standout, high quality, big platform type vehicle yet. Arcane was really lauded and loved, but and that is on Netflix, but... It's still thought of in certain contexts because it's an animated series. There's Sonic the Hedgehog made money. Angry Birds made money. But those are just animated features and with a little bit of live CG. And you can't really take those seriously outside of just popcorn movies. But right. Tomb Raider has been hit or miss every time they brought it to the screen. So even though there's no big, huge, critically lauded hit as of yet, I see one in the not-too-distant future that really resonate with audiences. But the fact is that video games are now here to stay in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. And you can't count out Warhammer 40K either. Yeah, we've talked about Henry Cavill wanting to play that. The yeah. game that we're going to talk about next, Horizon Forbidden West, that screams some type of live adaptation as far as a TV right. series or films. Right. 
The Last of Us. They just talked about that coming to HBO and HBO Max in 2023 with Pedro Pascal. Again, these are things that we would rarely talk about back a decade ago, about a video game property being transformed into some sort of entertainment medium. I'm just ecstatic that we're getting there. Is the quality there? Not yet. But we're getting to the point where they're spending tens of millions of dollars on these projects. So we will get to the point where consistently video games will be reproduced on screen in a more respectable fashion. Absolutely. And I've said for a long time that things like Call of Duty, as I played through the opening stuff before you go online to do the PvP stuff, when you're following that story... The campaigns. um, Yeah, it's really good. So it's taken me a long time to understand why either Hollywood wasn't working with those writers or like it just seemed like there was a bizarre disconnect over really good, original, interesting content when it seems like we're in the era of nothing more than rehashes and revamps and re-ups and turn it upside down and, you know. Well, we saw Warcraft. That came out to lukewarm reviews, but it still made up $400 million worldwide in the box office. Call of Duty is something I think you and I will probably talk about at some point as far as being an entertainment property. I think that Mass Effect was rumored, heavily rumored by Deadline to being circled as a project for ultimately for Amazon. And I'd still love to see that come to screen. And now I'm more confident than ever that it will be represented on screen. And Dave Bautista has been talking about Gears of War forever, about doing yeah. you know, playing Marcus Phoenix. So I'm just excited that these are no longer just dreams that when I was doing the Game Source podcast a decade ago, that these would be just dreams that Jamie Monroy and I would talk about or whoever I was on the show with that would be talking about at that point in time. Wouldn't it be great if they did a Bioshock movie? Wouldn't it be great if they did a Mass Effect movie? Wouldn't it be great if they did something like that for a TV show? Now we don't have to wonder because these things as far as video games and entertainment are happening and happening for gamers. And for that part of it, no matter how bad Uncharted is, I'm happy that at least got onto the screen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of times we forget that part of it. People believed in it enough to write a script, <laughs> to cast it, to do the wardrobe, to get all the tech people together. Like people are believing in these ideas. Now we just have to make sure that the people in charge of storylines are doing the properties justice. It's all about Cashola. I think oh. Paramount came knocking. There you go. All right. They're on your doorstep right now. For that matter, if you want to take a tabletop RPG and turn it into a live play show. (laughs) There you go, Vampires. We happen to have something started and finished that you could go back and listen to as reference material. No, I'm just kidding. These kind of properties are attractive. So I'm hoping that there will be more video game properties that are adapted on the screen. It's not just the point where they'll adapt one, it's a miserable failure, and they won't touch a video game for a couple of years. Now it's a realistic thing that video game properties are being adapted. It is the new hot IPs, the new hot properties Hollywood is reaching out to, the streaming services and the like. So here's to video game and entertainment colliding. But what are your thoughts out there on which video game would you like to see adapted into a TV series or movie? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com and let us know if you checked out uncharted this weekend or the cuphead show this weekend 
Let us know your thoughts and we'll translate it on the Monday's Pop Culture Cosmos as well. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Oh, uh, that's it's it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you Here, re- you're going to need these two. Dice? You just hand are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. But my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. Speaking of video games, I did Mm -hmm. mention Horizon Forbidden West. That is out as we're speaking, something that looks very beautiful on PlayStation 5. And I know as you as a PlayStation fan and me as a video game fan in general are excited for this game because the first game in the series did so well, Mm. both on a critical and also popularity basis. And it's something that seemingly will be now a foundational series going forward. The reviews came out and are extremely strong. IGN gave it a nine and several other outlets have been giving it eights and nines all over the place and and talking about how this is a improvement over the much appreciated first initial game in the series. Your thoughts on Horizon Forbidden West as it hits the PlayStation? I'm looking forward to it. I don't know how quickly I'll pick it up, but I'm looking forward to sitting down and spending some time with it. That's for sure. And not to backtrack, Gerald, but I mean, The Witcher is probably credited with this new revitalization in the interest. That's a good point. No, you can backtrack on that anytime because The Witcher and its success two years ago on Netflix. Yeah. That created that windfall. That I see him out the same year as Sonic the Hedgehog. So Sonic the Hedgehog doing well in the box office as the last major motion picture to have financial success before the coronavirus hit topped later in the year by the witcher and the success for that for henry cavill even though some people would argue that they're not taking from the video game they're taking from the books you know it's an argument back and forth so but most people knew it from the success of the witcher 3 that success of that video game so yes that and then you see horizon forbidden west which is a very cinematically styled video game so i just think that if you go through it as far as in this neo-apocalyptic area the society with the mech dinosaurs that you have to face off and how you have to strategize on how you're supposed to kill them and how you go into the tribal cities and interact with the people there as they send you out on missions and things of that nature it's not reinventing the wheel but it sure is making it a lot shinier sure yeah and there's nothing wrong with polishing a wheel uh, you know no. if you can if you can take it and you can make it look better and sometimes that alone is enough to draw people back into something that they used to really truly love so yeah i'm looking forward to it i again i don't know how quickly i will pick up the game but it is on my list okay <laughs> well it definitely will be one of the best playstation games i can pretty much assure you right now for the year of 2022 so yeah i wanted to ask you out there what are your thoughts on horizon forbidden west as it hits the playstation 4 and 5 please let us know your thoughts are you excited about it are you playing it right now are you holding off on your judgments of horizon forbidden west as it hits the playstation please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
Well, before we hit the break, there's another game that's hitting the PlayStation 5 in a next-gen update from the same studio we were talking about when it comes to The Witcher. And that is Cyberpunk 2077 with CD Projekt Red. So I want to ask you this. It came out to PlayStation and Xbox, the next-gen versions, the same day they were announcing it. It's like, oh yeah, oh by the way, it's now available right now. Which I guess is a good thing because it got a lot of people excited. They're talking about the update and the AI a lot better. The look of it's a lot better. It runs a lot smoother. The driving effects are a lot better. Everything seems to be good on the surface from what they claim. And, and their feedback so far is pretty good. I haven't heard anything in regards to like what we saw with the GTA anthology remake that was brought out last year that did so many technical bugs and all that. Yeah. So this seems, with its past history of the first time they release this, and you and I both know what happened the first time Cyberpunk 2077 got released in its original form and all the problems and all the bugs and all the bad stuff that hit to it. Your thoughts on this, if it comes out and it's a success on the next-gen formats, will that kind of bring back the shine to CD Projekt Red after the dismal performance of the original opening of Cyberpunk 2077. You know, as a PS4 owner who is not planning on getting a PS5 anytime soon and who still has Cyberpunk 2077, just in like the tutorials of this is how you throw a bomb, this is how you shoot your gun, this is how you reload, this is where you find them, this is how you jump, this is how you get in a car. I'm still there. I didn't even make it into the game. And I have never gone back to it. And it angers me to no end because I, I didn't want to give the money back. I was like, I believe. Because there was a massive amount of refunds oh, initially. Oh, yeah, there were. And if, of, I mean, I couldn't get just the game. I got like the big deal. Yes. One, right. So, yeah. I didn't want to do the refund thing. I was like, no, I believe in the studio. When the, the head of the studio released all of those videos about the things that they're working on and, and all of that stuff, his apology tour, basically. I was like, you know what? I believe him. I believe him. They're going to fix it. It's going to look amazing and everybody is going to be happy. Well, over a year later, I mean, several updates that they've made. In fact, there's an update that's supposed to be coinciding with the release of the next gen update. There's supposed yeah. to be an update for you and your version that you currently have in your PlayStation. Hopefully that will alleviate a lot of issues. I know people have gone back to it and said more favorable things. It's not a perfect fix yet. It's still yeah. not something that they say is, should be the way that was promised when it originally came out. Right. It's something like, I, I would aching it to another PlayStation first hit, which has gone on since to other platforms, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky came out to miserable, miserable reviews after so much was promised for it, and they've stuck to it, and they battle with it for five years now. Five years later, it is now the game that everybody wanted it to be when it originally came out. I'm hoping Cyberpunk 2077 will shorten that time window, and it's now, or close to it, a game that for you, when you pop it back in, that you will enjoy. But for next-gen owners, I've heard pretty good reviews so far so sure. well, i don't i don't i don't think this will wipe off the tarnish that cd project red has had i think it's going to take a witcher release for it to actually or a good witcher release a good witcher yes. release for them to go ahead and and restore faith into the gamers 
I'm not feeling bad for CD Projekt Red because they did sell over 10 million copies before anyone really knew that was really that bad of a game. That's how many pre-orders that they had for it. It was like in, in the 10 million range. So right. I don't feel too bad for them. But still, the Cyberpunk 2077 and the Rockstar Grand Theft Auto trilogy, those two of the past two years have been the absolute worst video game openings in the past decade in my opinion easily maybe you could put mass effect andromeda maybe there's a couple others but for these next gen systems those two are it so any last thoughts on this before you head on out because again as an owner of cyberpunk 2077 i know you're going to get back to it at some point in time in the future and be a lot less frustrated absolutely you know what cyberpunk 2077 updates or not I always seem to find my way back to Diablo. <laughs> That's a touchy subject with you. I know. I know. I know. I, know. I, know. I have I a feeling it's going to go multi-platform. After the statement, after our show last week, and please go check out the show if you can, what I've said about that. I have a feeling your fears will be resolved in a positive manner. I just have a feeling. I hope so. Robbie and I just beat the game again. <laughs> Not too long ago. So he's seen it now with Demon Hunter from start to finish. Now I think I'm going to go with the Necromancer and and run through the game again. There you go. And so Keanu Reeves will sit once more and gather dust even more on your PlayStation. So sorry, Keanu. Still got love for you, man. I'll tell you what right now. I'm looking forward to seeing if there's going to be some even more good feedback on Cyberpunk 2077 with the next-gen upgrade. And also as well, once again, like I mentioned, Horizon Forbidden West. PlayStation owners and Xbox owners for Cyberpunk 2077, let us know your thoughts on this next-gen upgrade. And also, if you have an older version, like Melinda, of Cyberpunk 2077, is Cyberpunk 2077 a better game now than it was when it first opened up to the world back in late 2020? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, Melinda and I are still rolling on with a bunch of stuff, including Peacemaker, the end of some of our favorite shows out there, Paramount gives us an info dump galore, plus also as well, we're talking some stuff coming to theater and TV this weekend, and we want to mention what's coming up on next week's Pop Culture Cosmos as well. This is the PCT Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back at the show. It's Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and me, Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much for joining us. Been still playing some Wordle out there? (laughs) You did so well. I've been playing ever since. Have you really? (laughs) Yep. Are you kidding me? With the the D&D game that I'm getting prepped, the Vampire the Masquerade production that I'm doing, the the getting ready for Pop Culture Cosmos Multiverse, I don't have time to play Wordle. All right. Just asking, just asking. (laughs) I almost thought about quitting the other day during the Super Bowl when my wife was sitting next to me and she guessed it and won. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. The other day, everybody that went out there when the word was Robin, 
yeah, that was one of her key starting words. She guessed it right away. Because I was sitting next to her. I would not have believed it unless I was sitting next to her like, oh my gosh. There's something about it. I just, if I open the game up and then I forget every five letter word I've ever spoken in my entire life. I don't That's know. That's why for me, why? Bing is my friend. Bing yeah. is very much my friend indeed. Right. But we're back with the program. Wanted to go ahead and talk about Peacemaker. It ended at season one. I did mention earlier that HBO Max has renewed it for a season two. So Melinda and I were asking if they would renew it for season two. Obviously, it's done well enough so that it has. Plus, there's another Suicide Squad TV show. We don't know which character for the Suicide Squad, but there is a Suicide Squad additional TV series that's in development with James Gunn. So we'll see what happens there. But just to let everybody know, spoilers out there. So we're going to go into it real quick. I want to mention that the actual final cataclysmic battle between the forces of good and Peacemaker's team battling against the whole police force and everybody who had been taken over by the evil alien butterflies, that came to a head at this farm area where they had this huge cow, what they call it a cow. So it's like the space alien that just like milks out this whole bunch of food sources for, for the aliens. <laughs> yeah. It looks about as gross as you can imagine. It's like this big hundred foot tall blue thing. Of a blah, 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 whole nine yards type deal. Sorry. Like one, more old, one more time. One more time. Blah, blah, big old bug eyes and stuff like that. So yeah, it was pretty ugly looking, but the team spoilers, they did go into battle against the evil butterflies and they did come out the victors. Although you have to stretch your imagination real far, especially when it comes to how far and how quickly somebody can crawl with a broken leg. That's all I'll say. Okay. If you actually watch the episode, you will know what I mean. Right. Uh, it was a miraculous crawl, to say the least. But hey, at the very end... Movie magic, Mel man. Melinda was asking about a secret cameo that happened. And there yeah. was, because at the very end, they were asking initially, the team, Peacemaker's team, to ask initially before they went in for help from the Justice League. And they didn't get it, and of course, until after they were all finished and they were all bloodied and couple of them were near death and they were limping out of there and who shall show up was for the justice league members and two of them were actually shown on screen and aquaman and the flash they were both on screen and doing a little insults after they both got insulted by john cena for being late basically it came down to peacemakers team saving the day as expected i don't know really where it's going to go to for season two it kind of leaves you on that footing where Virtually everything's resolved. There's really not much left to go to for this current butterfly thing, but I guess it could go somewhere, but it's really, they kind of didn't leave too much for interpretation, but I know you said you will get back to it at some point in time. My overall thoughts are it was good, but as an M-rated superhero series, I would put it far behind The Boys, which I think is one of the best shows on television. Yeah, so good. I, I would not put it in its league. Sorry, John Cena. I would say it's good entertainment, not great by any stretch, but coming off the book of Slobo Fett, I think it's a little bit better than that. It ended up a little bit better because it was kind of neck and neck for a while, but they actually pulled ahead in the end. Is it something you will actually go back and watch? Because it, it, there is a season two that will be on the way sometime in the next couple of years. Yeah, weirdly enough, now that it's over, I'm feeling a little bit more inclined to going and watching it. I don't know why that is. Maybe because I can kind of burn through it and be done with it. Mm -hmm. Instead of going week after week after week, I don't know. Perhaps Netflix has me a little bit spoiled in that way, but it'll probably be in the next couple of weeks, actually. We'll probably watch that one. 
Well, I'm watching the Cuphead show, so I do highly re- recommend that to anyone out yeah. there. Also, The Legend of Vox Machina. I've been through six episodes already. Got to finish that off. Yep. So definitely Good recommend show, right? that as well. Little nitpicks there and there, but uh, it's, for the most part, it's been a really good watch. Uh, I think that's something a lot of people get into. It's so funny because they're getting like absolutely zero pub compared to Reacher. They're shoving Reacher down your throat at Amazon. But at number two of the most watched things that are out there is Legend of Vox Machina. So good for that show. You know, but if you're into fantasy, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, absolutely. There's swords, there's magic, there's spells, there's vampires. Spoiler alert, there's other stuff. Give it a shot. Absolutely. It's worth your time. Absolutely, indeed. But yes, I've got a lot to cut through this weekend. Again, Legend of Vox Machina, highly recommended on Amazon. The Cuphead Show, getting great reviews on Netflix. So please go ahead and support these causes. But what are you watching this weekend? Please give us a shout out at Pop Culture Cosmo or at... Where do they go to on Vampires and Vitae? You can go at Vamps and Vitae on Twitter, Vampires and Vitae on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. She even does a little dance for you like she did just now. There you go. Not always, but tonight is, I don't know. I just feel like it's tonight. Okay. All right. For, well, if you follow <laughs> us at Pop Culture Cosmo, you know, I might do a little dance. You never know. But yep, right yeah. here at the, at the, you know what? We do anything almost here at the Pop Culture Cosmo. So <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> Although that leaves a lot for interpretation, so you never know. But before we head to the break, I wanted to go ahead and mention one last thing, and that's the end of some really, really high-profile series on some streaming outlets. First up is Stranger Things. Yeah. This was not too much of a shocker because I think they extended it to one more season more than what the original creators thought they were going to do because at that time when they first brought it out, everything on Netflix, if it was successful, ended on a season four. This will end on a season five, which is coming up in the not-too-distant future. It'll come in two parts, just to let everybody know. But the first few episodes, I think, are debuting at the end of May, May 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, volume one, May 27th, volume two, July 1st. Yeah, absolutely. So people get prepared for that at the end of Stranger Things. I know that's going to make a lot of people upset, but this is one of the foundational pieces and one of the reasons why Netflix is now the entity in streaming. So its history will never be misplaced. Even if it comes out with a mediocre season, even if it comes out with not the highest of ratings, it comes out with good ratings, but doesn't come out with the blockbuster ratings it once did or go and match what it did two years ago when the last time it came around. People got to understand this will always have a place in TV history and streaming history. And that should never be taken away as far as the greatness of that show. Yeah. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is also a a very good watch, but more a critically lauded and a lot of Emmys have come the way. A lot of Emmy nominations, Golden Globe nominations. Tony Shalhoub is one of my favorite actors out there. He's just truly one of the most brilliant actors that have come across in the past 30 years. And of course, everybody else in the cast has done such an amazing job. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is actually ending after a five-season run on Amazon, which is going to be a shame because that was also one of the most important shows to the rise of Amazon Prime Video. And one of the reasons why I went from someone who kept bashing Amazon Prime Video to someone who (laughs) now applauds Amazon Prime Video for now taking seriously the streaming entertainment format. A lot of the credit goes to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on that. And last but certainly not least, FX announced that Atlanta with Donald Glover, the tremendously gifted and uber-talented individual out there 
he is going to end his show on his terms at the end of season four, which is coming up for FX, which to me is a little bit of a shame because that is such a well-made show. And I think with all three of these shows, they're ending on their terms. They're not ending on Amazon's or Netflix's or FX terms as far as ratings or anything like that. They're ending because creatively there is nowhere else to go for these shows in their minds. So my hat's off to all three of these shows, Atlanta, Stranger Things, and The Marvelousness, Basil. Yeah, well, not just that, but the actors for Stranger Things. I mean, they're getting older, and and you can only do the kids riding bike thing in the neighborhood for so long, right? Yeah, because they won't be playing D&D together in college. (laughs) Well, I mean, the coolest They'll be playing with other people D&D in college. (laughs) I know I was, but I'm just saying. Yeah, come on. That's the thing. You'll have to meet new people. And I guess oh they don't want God. to do that. I just had a flash. They're going to bring it back in like 20 years. And there could be a bunch of middle-aged people sitting around the table. Because that's if they need the paycheck. If there's like superstars that come out of this, like Millie Bobby Brown, if she's like a major box office headliner 20 years from now, she's not going to want to come back to this. She's got, she's uh, like, I made my cash from this. I got to go ahead. And I don't, do I don't know. Maybe she'll become a major star and then fizzle a little bit. And then this will be the thing that. Well, that's a different me. story. That's a yeah. different story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whose side are you on here, Gerald? Ours or. I'm just telling you, okay. <laughs> when these stars need the cash, when they need to buy a new tennis court or they need right. to buy you know, a new home, a vacation right. home or something. Yeah. That's when they say, okay, you know what, Netflix, I'll come back. I'll come back for the reboot. True. Yeah, true. Hopefully you get a chance to check them out if you haven't already. But your thoughts on the ending of Stranger Things, Atlanta, and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, before we head on out, Melinda, again, another great news information week. My gosh, we've just blown through it. But I'm so busy. <laughs> if you out there want to catch up and you want to get this in real time, please go ahead and check out our Facebook page of Pop Culture Cosmos. Not only will you see the ongoing games, Vampire and Vitae, Demolition Force, the stuff that Mitch does on the weekends, but you also see every single day, post after post after post, covering the world of pop culture, as only we can do right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But before we head on out, one of those things we covered was the information dump that Paramount gave us. As I think they're in the 30 million range as far as subscriberships for Paramount+. Plus. Which, again, all these numbers come out. AMC also reported that they've got 9 million paid subscribers. I mean, if you're a SpongeBob fan, your universe is going to just blow your mind because it gets expanded with three Paramount Plus spinoff movies and a new theatrical film. So Please tell me had... one of the spinoffs is for Squidward. I would, 
Yes, I have to say yes. I'd probably say yes. I, I'm not for sure, but we have the deadline article on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. The right. link is right there for you. I want to mention that Paramount, Viacom, CBS, all that stuff that they were associated with, that's all now under one roof, one name, Paramount, which is so funny because they did that. Their shares went down 20% just by naming it all Paramount, <laughs> making it easier, which was kind of funny. But it always goes back up. But still, it just was yeah. kind of funny. A Quiet Place Part 3 is happening. It's going to debut in 2025 or when hopefully John Krasinski is done with his first installment of playing Reed Richards in Fantastic right. Four. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, we'll see. Just, we'll see. Just a rumor, just a rumor, but he would be just a fantastic rewritch. Could we see him in Doctor Strange? You never know, right alongside. Oh, man. Did you see the trailer? Oh, yes. Did you see the guest appearance in that trailer from a certain bald-headed mutant? Yeah. I sure did. That you might see in Star Trek Picard, just saying. I'm surprised you didn't hear me from your house. Ah! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. Honestly, I think, yeah, yeah. But well, almost above the voice of my own daughter when she screamed at the trailer, and right. me when I screamed at the trailer because I'm now excited <laughs> to go ahead and see Doctor Strange. Yeah. But I think the second thing here make, will make you scream as well, and that's Paramount has a Star Trek film poised for a late 2022 production start. They're already in talks to get the entire Kelvin crew back. Okay. I, I don't hear anything John DiMaggio as of yet, as far as someone that's holding out for more money or anything like that. So that looks like the Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban, John Cho. Right. They could all very well be coming back. We already know that Paramount is like 500 Star Trek shows in development or actually doing or stuff like that. We talked about Star Trek Academy the other week. Yeah. We already talked about how SpongeBob universe is expanding. Sonic the Hedgehog universe continues to grow because they're signing off on a third film. And I could see them doing a series for that as well. So that's already, and the Sonic 2 hasn't even been out yet. And they've already signed off on a third film. Halo has already been renewed for a season two and season one hasn't been out yet. Paramount plus Seeing where the real money is with Yellowstone, which has been so huge for them. Incredibly and the 1883, yeah, and the 1883 prequel series, that's been a success. They're doing another Yellowstone prequel. I think it's what, 1932? So they're going to have two prequels to Yellowstone. So look out for that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers series are heading to Paramount. These are their properties and they're doing something with them. It just makes me so mad. Peacock, like with their Fast and Furious, they're just sitting on it, waiting for the next movie to happen at some point in time. And then that's it. I don't know. Your thoughts on this? Paramount Plus, we were laughing at this, Josh and I, we were laughing at the streaming network a year ago before the Super Bowl came out. Right. Now, a year later, they're more respectable. They're in the range of Hulu to give everybody an idea as far as how successful they are now. Your thoughts on Paramount Plus? The advertisements that they did throughout the Super Bowl, that has buoyed them into the kind of success that you see now. And I now consider Paramount Plus a viable member of the streaming network community. Yeah, absolutely. And if they continue to dump more and more and more Star Trek onto it, it's another one that I'm going to have to get. After being starved, and I mean starved for Star Trek for so long, 
I'm just eating it up at the buffet, man. I'm chewing Don't eat on it carbs now. First. Do not front load with carbs. Go straight to the proteins. Give me all of the Picard. Give me the Wharf series. I want it so bad. Give me the O'Brien series. I would love to see that as well. Oh my I gosh. Want... Bring Colmaney back. Oh my gosh. And to see him go. Get off those British gangster dramas. Get on yeah, over here. The next generation. And then to, to see what happened between him on the Enterprise to him ending up on Deep Space Nine. Like, what was that little gap? What was that? What happened exactly. there? That's, I, I want that story. Him and Keiko. Yeah. That would be cool. But see, they're doing the things that you and I would do if we were in a boardroom and we were running a streaming network is that if we had a library of properties, of IPs, and we're not just sitting on them to do a movie every three to five years. Yeah. We're rebooting them. Yes, I know there's a Transformer movie back in development. Yes, I get that. They're rebooting it. But they're also doing a series. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I understand that they're doing a movie and this in development and all that, but they're doing a series. They're You're using these IPs for other uses, whether it's animated, whether it's live action, you're using them. You're keeping them in the public eye so that not only are people going to be seeing it in the theaters on the big screen, but they're justifying a reason for you to go ahead and watch it. Now, something Disney Plus needs to take more note. Yes, I understand that they bring out a lot of stuff, but like we've talked about this before with the book of Boba Fett. Now that's ended. You have the six week gap between stuff that you're waiting for between book of Boba Fett and Moon Knight turning red. Pixar's turning red is great, but that's a movie in two hours. You're done. You cannot have these lapses in content. You have to keep on pouring content. And I think a lot of these streaming services are learning from the Netflix point of view is that you keep throwing stuff out there and you see what sticks. Well, to give Disney Plus a little bit of credit, these stop gaps, you know, you go back and you rediscover some of the Disney stuff that you loved before. You think, you hope that the 130 million subscribers. Absolutely. Do. I mean, you, and even if they stop their subscription for a month and then they come back, they're going to be exploring the Disney library. They're absolutely going to be doing that. I have been. I can't tell you how many times I've watched The Emperor's New Groove and Hercules in the last like two weeks. I know, but to create new series that you could drop in, like, wouldn't a Tron series? go great absolutely. on disney plus right yeah, now. It, would, it would absolutely fit and especially now where you have the pockets of disney plus with marvel and, and star wars that is not your typical in quotation marks please don't at me typical disney entertainment do you know what i mean like the family friendly non-violent nobody ever gets upset stuff i mean um, it's great you got stuff for all the kids yeah but you need stuff for the adults to keep entertained and that's what was doing at marvel and star wars but when you see you have that gap, this is yeah. where still the weaknesses you see that Disney Plus still needs to fill. With Peacock, it's just about getting entertainment. Paramount Plus is learning from this and actually trying to go ahead and see, okay, we're putting all this stuff out there. HBO Max realized, okay, we're done with the day and date. We can't do that anymore with movies day and date. Yeah. We have to make sure we get you Euphoria, Peacemaker. We have to get you these shows. We've got the Lakers Dynasty show coming that I'm really excited for called Winning Time. It's about constant content. You've got to go ahead and keep on doing it. And Paramount Plus, they've got the message. You can tell they got the memo in order to go ahead and do this. So I'm really happy for Paramount. Again, no more Viacom. No more CBS. It's right. all going to be one thing. They even talked about SEAL Team has been successful on Paramount+. Plus. They're talking about doing a movie 
And also, an NCIS Sydney series will be based on Paramount+. Plus. I forgot to right. mention that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it's a lot of stuff. But why is it only Peacock with Fast and Furious? Forgive me. I'm just asking the question. Well, it's I'm universal. Okay. Peacock is universal. Putting a Despicable Me right. series on there. A Minion yeah. series on there. I mean, I know we got the Bad Guys animated feature that's coming out next month to theaters. But if you're a Peacock owner... You've got all these things, the the Olympics, WWE, but they're just not bringing in audiences fast enough. I mean, they, maybe the the free features, the the free service that they had, yeah, maybe that was a mistake in the long run because a lot of people now get a lot of their stuff for free or with ads or whatnot. And their tiered system hasn't really worked, but yeah, that's something that you and I would have to go into detail on our checklist. Why or why not that they failed or not failed? But to give you an idea, when Paramount has Paramount Plus. Universal is Peacock. When you go to Disney and Fox, you're, you're talking about Disney Plus and Hulu. I mean, each of these studios now has a, a streaming service that it can rely upon to outload of stuff. Only Sony is the only one that really is still like a kind of like a freelancer because they never, as we've talked about before, really gave Crackle a chance. They got a lot of stuff that they go ahead and send out to Netflix, which is great for them because it goes out to that audience. But you know, for the most part, each of these major studios have an alignment with some type of streaming service, so they can go ahead and produce that for their customers. But yeah, to me, it's all about content. I can't keep up with it all, but the first thing I would say if I was running a streaming service was, it's all about content. I wonder if the reason why Fast and Furious hasn't spun off into something else, I wonder how much of that is controlled by Vin Diesel. I wonder, but you got to admit, the final movie on the horizon... Yeah. With or without Rock, that is on the horizon with Jason Momoa coming in, that you've got to do something to accentuate a series because it's going to make a ton of money at the box office. And to just let it go would be absolutely stupid to just let it go dormant for that IP yeah, to go it dormant. It's it just might absolutely be, but if, if Vin Diesel owns it, I wouldn't be surprised if he did wrap it up and then didn't want to revisit it because of all of the stuff that happened with Paul Walker. You know, if you're universal, you've got to back up the Brinks truck. You know what I say on this show? Back up the Brinks yeah. truck. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't have to star him. Just one of the characters. Yeah, that's no, all. but that's, that's what I mean. If, if he like owns or has some kind of rights to like- Executive produce it. Yeah, executive produce the whole thing. Doesn't matter. Get one of the one of the side characters that's on it now that likes the extra paychecks. Put them on, like Tyrus Gibson. Put him on it. He can scream all he wants. His his famous funny scream. He get him all these crazy adventures. <laughs> yeah, but get a whole new crew together. It's simple. These right. are realistic things people yeah. love. They're already familiar with it. You just got to put it out there. But again, you and I got to sit down. And we're going to have to grade out all these streaming services on a show, dedicate this show to that. I look forward to doing it. We're going to find a slow period when we can actually do that. Maybe we'll find one. I don't know at this rate, but we'll wait and see. But your thoughts out there, folks, on Paramount Plus with all the news and information that came out there this week. Are you now more inclined to go ahead and become a, a subscriber to Paramount Plus like Melinda is, like I am? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, Melinda, I just want to mention Dog is coming to theaters with Channing Tatum. It's getting very good ratings. I think 90% almost on Rotten Tomatoes, so very positive reviews for that one. That should do okay at the box office. It doesn't have the kind of budget that Uncharted does, so it doesn't have to meet those kind of expectations. I want to mention that Space Force is returning for season two to Netflix. 
mixed reviews on that one, but it is Steve Carell. So anybody from the office is probably sure to check it out. And Severance from Ben Stiller directing several episodes in this very unique office mysterious type series. If you've seen the trailer we debuted about a month ago on the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, if you get a chance to check that out, it's really very interesting. Has a very weird, mysterious feel. For and this is coming to Apple Plus this weekend. So, three different things that's coming out there. Wanted to make mention of them. Are any of them interesting to you? Before we head on out. Well, yeah, I am interested in dog as a dog lover. I love to see movies that have you know the dog twist to them. I, I just it makes me happy. But with that said, can I just do a, a brief PSA? I promise I'll keep it brief. The movie features a Belgian Malinois which is a, a very specific working dog breed. Very specific. They You're are... always into that role play, even when you're not role playing. Very, <laughs> very specific. specific. Please don't see this movie and then decide to go out and get a Belgian Malinois. If you think that that's the right dog for your family, oh my gosh, please do so much research. And when you think you have the right answer, do a little bit more research. Because as a breed, they are a working dog breed and they need time. And they are so smart and they are so clever and they just need somebody who can be there with them, who can regiment them and create a, a routine. Like the, these dogs like thrive in that kind of situation. So well, if you just have to see the trailer to realize that the dog tries yeah. Channing Tatum crazy throughout yeah. much of the movie before they become friends. Absolutely. But that's, that's what happens. And then people are like, wow, they meant it in the movie. And then they, the dog ends up in the pound from no, from no fault of the dog. Yeah. And that's all that I'm saying. Like, please, 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 please. If you think that that's the right fit for your family, please do so much research, talk to other dog owners, visit some rescues and have conversations with the people in the rescues. Those people know their stuff. Just explore it thoroughly and in as excruciating detail before you make a commitment to one of these guys. Cause they're a really special dog. They're really, really cool. They're like the coolest, but they require so much from their owners and from their families. So just keep that in mind as you're watching the movie. That's I'm my out. PSA. Thank you. I'm out. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. I don't have that much patience. I'm sorry. No, no, they're yes. like, they're, 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 just, they just, it's constant stimulation almost is, is almost yeah. what you need. You know, yeah, they're not the dog that's going to cuddle with you on the couch and watch TV. Oh, the, yeah, I'm out indeed. But yeah. <laughs> right. Melinda, it's been great having you here. Wanted to make sure everybody knows we might get an appearance by Josh returning to the show. Still haven't gotten hundred percent confirmation, but I'm hopeful he's been very busy with the newborn, but he wants to come back on Monday. So we'll wait and see, <laughs> but I will also have interviews with Hamanish Goel talking about a movie which he thinks could be the next Squid Game coming from Bollywood. So his familiarity with the Bollywood scene, he thinks he's caught on to the next Squid Game. So we'll talk about what that could be. Plus also as well, John Orlando from the PVD cast is also stopping by to talk about the recent goings-on in the world of pro wrestling, including a departure, a major departure in AEW, could be ending up in the WWE and could we be seeing a return to the ring from Stone Cold at WrestleMania? That's an actual possibility that's been bandied about. So we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. So we'll go ahead and make sure that you get the updates on that on the Monday show, plus also my thoughts on Uncharted and the Cuphead show as well. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. 
It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Should I do the fangs one more time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I, I have the mind. Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs>